Hello and welcome to Repertory Screenings episode 50. I'm your host, Evan, with me, our regular host, Jackson. Hello, is it actually episode 50? It's actually episode 50 episode and 50. Destiny. <laughs> episode 50. 50. Episode 50. Hi. I didn't know. I, that's a great surprise. Oh, episode 50. Episode 50. 50. That's, that's it. All right, thanks everyone for being Just here. Just peeking the fuck out of my mic on that. Damn, uh, here we I'm are. I'm barely <laughs> peeking at all. I've turned my game down so much because we had issues the other day. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, it's movie time. Who's seen a fucking movie? I've seen like four, five, five, th- three, four, 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 four. <laughs> you don't know. I've seen four, four. I can't talk about any of them, so, you know. Oh, I wasn't even counting those, so I guess I've seen five, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You can't talk about any. They're all they're all for other podcasts. No, mine are all the Evangelion movies. So I kind of, oh. but it's a little little different. Oh, okay, okay. We might record a thing next week about Evangelion four or three point oh plus one point oh one. Uh, the four. The <laughs> four. Eva four. four. Yeah. Because I also watched that, and we said we'd do something, so we should probably do something. Yep, it'll be a short one. Uh, okay, well, you have nothing else, Destiny. <laughs> I watched uh, Mona Lisa, which had Bob Hoskins' old Neil Jordan movie. Yeah, we watched that together, um, which is about Bob Hoskins is like a gangster who's released from prison. Or he's like just he was like a he was like a low level gopher kind of guy, but he like took a rap for someone. He went to jail um, and he comes out and he's like getting a job back in and he's given task of being a driver for this like sex worker um just like ferreting her from hotel to hotel um and then gets wrapped up in her shit uh because they hate each other but then they like each other but it's like complicated i thought it was really good it's just like a low-key like character piece um it's extremely of the mid 80s uh yes like it does the neil jordan thing where the twist is that someone's queer <laughs> yes <laughs> Which I've decided is just his thing. I don't know. I've only seen The Crying Game. So that's what I've decided is his thing. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Sorry to spoil Mona Lisa. It's good, though. Um, It is good. It's worth your time. Bob Hoskins is incredible. Honestly. Love him. He really is. Gem. Gone too soon. Yeah. What else have I watched? You watched watched Michael Clayton. Oh, I watched Michael Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, but I don't think I... It's just not my kind of movie. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, you called it Abnormal Mapping Core, I believe? Yeah, AM Core, specifically, but yes. <laughs> um, And I, I thought it was entertaining. I loved Clooney. I loved all the, like, nervous Tilda Swintoning. Yeah, no, it was um very intense, and, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I can't think of it. Is it Tom Wilkinson? Yes. yes. He's so good in everything. Yes. With his bread. Oh, I loved him so much. His bread. Yes, his bread. But um, yeah, no. Why is that considered abnormal mapping core? Uh, Explain cause... for the people. <laughs> Go ahead, Jackson. Because it's a movie where nothing happens about a sad man in a suit. <laughs> and it's like vaguely about how evil uh the world is and capitalism everything but not in any direct like call to action way it's mostly just about luxuriating in the vibes of it all um okay i dig that it's definitely about all those things and just stylistically again it's a movie where george clinton's sad in a suit and nothing fucking happens that's that's exactly that's what we love that is, in fact, what we crave. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. He's like he's like always like one day beyond where he should be in terms of his stubble, but just like blanket across like four days of this film. Yes. Um, there's like there's like a conspiracy, but it's like three people who are just assholes. It's not like a big <laughs> government thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, none of this ever had to happen if people would just act like fucking adults. Like it's exactly all we want out of serious men in suits kind of films. It's good. I I love it. I ha- I hadn't seen this since it was in theaters. Um, rewatched it. Obviously, I adore it. It's great. Uh, reading. I was reading re- uh, Ebert's review. Uh, where he was like, 
it's like it's like a courtroom drama, but unlike something like Aaron Brockovich, it doesn't have a message. It doesn't seem to be about advocating for anything other than sometimes it's hard to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. 100%. Um, it's good. I wish Tony Gilroy made any other movie as good as this, because uh, Duplicity I've seen, and it's not as good. It's not I, as good. I saw that in the cinema, and, you know, I was, like, 17 then, so... <laughs> Duplicity's, like, a fun time, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I enjoyed Duplicity, but it's not Michael Clayton. No. No. And he made The Bourne Legacy. Uh, The Bourne Legacy. Which one's that one? Cams! Oh, that's the Cams, Jeremy Cams, Renner Cams, one. Cams, Cams, God, Cams. Cams. That's a bad film. That's a bad fucking movie. Uh, and then he never directed movie. again. Cams. Um, and then me and Destiny uh, last night watched Female Trouble. Female Trouble! Which is the 1974 uh, John Waters movie. I The only John Waters movie I've seen is Hairspray, which is not indicative of his work, as far as I know. Yeah, it's, it's a little more mainstream. It's a little more... Uh, polished compared yes um and so female troubles about this uh girl named dawn uh who's played by divine um who grow who grows up like she's like a she's like an awful teen and then it like it like montage time skips her into being like a even worse adult where she like had a kid to like rebel against her parents because they didn't buy her the right high heels for christmas and she was pissed and then she does petty crime and by the time we meet her in like after the first 20 minutes she's like she's like down to murder and she gets wrapped up in the this like ridiculous couple that run a hair salon who want to like photograph her doing crimes because that's what true beauty is and just ends up being like this really crass ramshackle story about like we're doing art for the sake of art and sometimes art is murder and and it's like i see like one every joker story that sucks comes out of this but this is better than those all the rob zombie films which i like uh are lifted heavily from this um and also something like natural born killers which i think is like a really obnoxious movie is like just like the it's all about the media actually version of this in a way that like this movie points to but like makes fun of 10 years before oliver stone fucked that up for everyone mm-hmm. uh 20 years before 20 years that's the 90s shit um yep and um i I really liked it it's like not my taste in terms of like what i'm looking for in cinema because like everyone's an amateur actor it's like poorly shot and poorly lit and poorly acted but it's good it's just got energy and that counts (laughs) yeah it is the crassest of the crass but it is just i don't know it it moves me in a weird way i i can't really explain why i love it so much i mean this is this is this is your this is badland girls core like in the way that very or not barry linden (laughs) barry linden barry linden also will be abnormal mapping core as soon as jackson fucking watches it yes yes. badland Uh, girls core is is cheap and trashy and somehow manages to be artistic and that is what i find female trouble to be yeah and abnormal mapping core is like lush and stoic and kind of boring but in like very intense ways (laughs) (laughs) it's very like opposites of the like spectrum yes um yeah it's very colorful it's very like aesthetic in this really like cheesy way mm mm-hmm um and then i watched the suicide squad which is the sequel to suicide squad from 2016 uh directed by written and directed by james gunn in the like three minutes he was fired from disney for what was he even fired for exactly i don't actually remember um okay tweet yes it was was because of his old tweets but this has become complicated recently with stuff that you i guess you have missed (laughs) Um, i did miss so yeah he did bad tweets like years ago and then there was a whole backlash being like the the you know his old tweets were found by conservatives who didn't like him to try to get him fired and then in that three minutes he's directed suicide squad uh lately there has been stuff come out about james gunn's like actual bad stuff that he's done uh and it, it all seems like a disaster hollywood's just a mess of an awful place um, yeah yep, yep. so i'm not going to go into it here because it's, it's uh it's it's shitty um it's like associations to like you know shitty people and like awful parties and stuff but i don't actually know okay. any more specifics than that uh but the point is the he made this movie <laughs> yes he made this movie um and specifically like they hired him because the guardians of the galaxy is like the raucous marvel film that's like funny 
and like about a bunch of ne'er do wells in like and I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is maybe the worst blockbuster film I've ever seen. It's up there. It's really it's up, up there. there. It's like that in like Transformers Two or Transformers Four. <laughs> Both are in the running. It's worse than it's worse than those because even though so first of all, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two doesn't have at the moment as funny as we didn't have a tie to shirts. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is an awful movie about how you're supposed to empathize with Star Lord just hating his dad and needing everyone to like cater to his ego um and it's like it's like supposedly endearing everyone's an asshole the suicide squad is like that movie but it's like a really dumb like hard r movie about characters that most of them are going to die and you're not meant to care and that's the the saving grace they're not that different but everyone says fuck john cena stabs men like 50 times and and like every like there's nothing they're not trying to sell children toys of these characters and that's that's like enough to pull it out of being in suffering for me this has been a very divisive film I really enjoyed it. It's like, it's a big nothing. There's like nothing to hold on to. You're not going to think about it. You're not like, oh, I can't, re- I really can't wait for the sequel to the Suicide Squad. Um, James Gunn's off making Guardians 3 anyway. He's not going to make that. Um, <laughs> and um, it's, but I, I just had a good time. It, like, it reminds me that like, you know, Gunn came out of trauma films and he made, he made Slither and um, uh, Super and, it's like mean and funny in those ways. Um, and I just had a really good time with it. Um, it's weird because like they're selling it off the back of like, ah, you know, Birds of Prey did all right, but it was very critically beloved. Everyone loves Margot Robbie. She like is for the first half of this movie. She's like a special guest star in her own plot. And then she just kind of drifts in to be in the final thing and then drifts back out again. Like, it does, like it's not about her at all. It's clear that they're just like, well, we have to have Harley Quinn. It's, it's a suicide squad movie. Um, and so they're all doing like this grim military. We're going into this small Latin American country to do something for Amanda Waller and the, the like Vietnam parables in a better way than like Kong Scott, which is another terrible movie about Vietnam parables. Um, and she just gets roped into like falling in love with the guy who runs this island now, who sees Harley Quinn as a as an inspirational figure of what it means to rebel against America. And she's like, "I'll go with this, sure, whatever. If it lets if it lets me be fancy." <laughs> um, and it's it's just it's like it's not trying to say anything about that. It just thinks it's funny that someone would think that about Harley Quinn. That she's like she's like an aspirational figure, and I can vibe with that because. Uh, it's it's dumb it's just dumb um yeah that's it it's good um john cena plays a sociopath who is all like hoorah america um and he's he's a funny man him and idris elba just kind of bounce off each other the entire movie that's like the the selling point and that's good if it was will smith it wouldn't work i swear to god if they got will smith back it'd be a much worse film um because I, mean, I, I was thinking about this movie, and I haven't watched it, because I was like, do I watch it? I thought, nah, it's fine. I'll just let other people enjoy it. Or I don't it. think you should watch this movie, because I think you'd have a hard time with the violence. I'll be honest with you. Is there bone stuff? I don't remember there being a ton of it, but there is some. Because I'm fine with, like, cartoonish violence to an extreme, I but it's... I, you know what? I actually think the Harley Quinn cartoon is the one with all the bone stuff, because I watched them kind of back-to-back. Okay. I talked about that on Gotham City Limits. That one you can't, you literally cannot watch. It's... It, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> he would die. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair um, enough. Uh, but um, I remember the thing I'm like, Guardians 2, one of the worst movies ever, intolerable film, hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Is this truly, and I would believe this, is this being enjoyable truly just the gulf between John Cena and Chris Pratt? That might just be true, like a true thing in the world. It, it's, it's that, <laughs> it's rated R does let you, Gun's like a crass guy, he thinks it's funny when people explode, right? Like, yes. that's the thing. Um, and I do too, so... <laughs> That's the difference. But yes, uh, also John Cena and Idris Elba and Margot Robbie are way more like good at like selling whatever they're doing over the fucking characters and Guardians. And it's not like this movie doesn't have bad characters. Like Viola Davis's Amanda Waller is a disaster. She's bad in Suicide Squad. She's even worse here. Peter Capaldi's a big fucking nothing. That man has no charisma. Um, Speaking like someone who doesn't enjoy In the Loop here. <laughs> yes. Um John Cena's getting a spin-off TV show about his character, which I'm sure will be fucking terrible, but I'll probably watch it. Uh, that's it. That, that's all I got. It was, it's fine. I mean, you know, if, if you got HBO Max, it's, you just put it on. You got another couple weeks. Fair enough. Um, King Shark's cute. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's a bad man, but his version of King Shark is fun. 
they do just kind of make him like Groot. I mean, he just is like a, you know, the big dumb shark man. Uh, King Shot's better than Groot, just uh, conceptually, because uh, King. I mean, Shot he is... does rip a man in half, and he looks like a cute shark man. So yes, I agree. <laughs> like I, I don't even mean in the in the in the movies necessarily. I just mean like a big shark guy is better than a big tree. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like half an hour too long, more than that probably, and um, the the all the like once they actually have a mission and like a thing they need to do it. it bad it's just like one of these but the first hour is like really fun um <laughs> in the wake of this the release the air cut of suicide squad has continued to crop up again <laughs> don't do that actually do that because i want to have a good time laughing at that but you should not do that that's not a thing that people should do 100 percent, the single funniest like movie plot line uh in forever because he keeps posting it and he's not gonna make it happen no one ca- nobody cares uh, yep. the like no one even cared about the Snyder Cut. It was a confluence of things that like HBO Max allowed them to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it that only happened because of weird executive like happenstance. Uh, the idea that the air cut could in any way get any energy behind it is hilarious. What do you think you're doing, David? Um, yeah, uh, Gunn's showrunner on that Peacemaker show, and supposedly they're planning more projects with him. It seems like they're pretty happy with this one. I thought it was fine, you know, as far as, like, the, the thing is, partially because they're just on HBO now, and which I know will not be true as of next year, but, like, when I can just put a thing on on a Saturday and watch it, like, I don't need it to be, like, great, and I'm glad they're not, bu- like, this isn't building a universe, like, this doesn't tie into Justice League, it's just a dumb movie about some guys shooting stuff, um... That's what action movies were supposed to be. It's not supposed to be part 10 of 35. Please stop. Thank you. Yes. I don't need to watch like 15 movies to understand why the guys are shooting each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Doesn't tie into Birds of Prey. Barely ties in the original Suicide Squad. I mean, it doesn't tell you who Amanda Waller is if you don't know, but that's it, really. I mean, um, I assume if you have don't know, it's just American government lady. Yeah, American government lady. She's she's badness. That's that's an argument for a different time when I'm on Gotham City Limits and can talk about Amanda Waller and Justice League, the the show, because she's great there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but yeah, um that's it. That's all I got. That's all. That's all <laughs> four movies. Yep. All right, our movie this week is Le Samurai, uh, written and directed by Jean-Pierre Melville. It uh, came out in 1967, starring Alain Delon, Francois Perrier, Natalie Delon, and Kathy Rosier. Uh, Jackson, what's the plot of Le Samurai? <laughs> so, uh, did you want a five-sentence summary? <laughs> Could you stretch it to five sentences? <laughs> I, I don't know, that's a pretty long summary. Um what's his last name i've just been calling him jeff costello jeff costello jeff costello is hired to kill a man uh he does so uh creating a uh airtight alibi for himself uh with uh his like partner in crime a partner in crime not necessarily partner to be his girlfriend for a bit they have a tenuous relationship as they would in these movies uh and walks in and kills this guy he is seen by basically fucking everybody <laughs> the police immediately pick him up uh but the lady who saw him the closest uh lies and says it, it wasn't him so they have to let him go free though the men who hired him uh decide that this puts uh that he's still at too much risk because he got caught by the police and they want to know uh complications so they attempt to kill him and that backfires <laughs> He then spends the rest of the movie trying to get out of this jam, mostly succeeding, uh, killing the like uh, people who hired him and freeing himself from uh, their threats. But he does, uh, they do before they die. They give him one last contract to kill the woman who like I refuse to identify him. So there are no loose ends. He goes to the club, uh, pulls um, pulls his gun on her, uh, but the police are waiting and they shoot him to death checking the gun they see that the gun was not loaded the whole time dun 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 and that's the movie uh that was way more than five sentences but you know he covered it i you know i just watched it so i remember the details but yes that is what happens yeah, yeah. that's it that's the movie thanks everybody our questions are <laughs> podcast at gmail.com uh so this is another sad men in suits movie 
This is this is the quintessential sad man in suits movie. Every if you look even on Wikipedia, Influence and Legacy is just a list of other sad men in suits movies. Uh, it's all the way down. This is the sad man in suits movie. This is just to a T. But uh, it's obviously like a crime sad men in suits movie, which is honestly not our preferred style. As this, no, 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 it's not. Uh, like we like to remove the guns and just keep the suits. <laughs> I mean, you can be you can be like a cop or a government agent, yes. but I don't want you the crew. I don't want it to be a crew. You have to you, if you're a hitman. I don't want you to kill anybody. Basically, yeah. there's a there's a George Clooney movie called The American that I fucking love. That's like the the one of these. It's they got like a guy who did like perfume commercials to shoot it. It's exactly what you'd expect, and it's just it, he. I think he fires a gun once in the entire movie, and it's just him in like the the Italian countryside running around in a suit, being sad. One of my favorite movies. Is it's it? like the most boring thing on earth. I adore. <laughs> <laughs> is this one of those movies that they like go to shoot because everyone wants a holiday I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah well we're shooting this in italy oh we're gonna have four yeah, this one this one's this one's still tied very much into like like french new wave cinema in a way so it's about like you know the sad estrangement of his relationship with this lady and uh her weird relationship with the the other guy she's seeing and the cop who really the, the cop is like just out of m right like he's just like i'm gonna get this done and i'm gonna step on everyone's fingers and i don't care about being polite i'm the police um, I love that guy. That guy rules. He's so good. There's a scene where he's like, uh, oh, what do you who, what do you think it is? And he says, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he only responds to evidence. Yeah. I, I'm not like super up on like early 20th century French cinema, but apparently Francois Perrier was like a c- comedian. Like he's a comic actor. And like this was his like being serious role, which is a great way to cast this. Yes. Because there's... It's my favorite shot in the movie. There's a bit where he's been he's been haranguing these people all night and everyone gets to go home or whatever except for Jeff and he he like whatever he's like you you finally can go. And he turns and he like opens the blinds and you realize it's been the whole night and it's like sunrise and it's raining and it's just like the shittiest gray cold day imaginable and this is just a world where every day is a shitty gray cold day. Yes. And that's cool. <laughs> it's called Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's weird with that stuff because like, it, I think this definitely is like a style that's like, this, you know, this isn't a Godard film, right? Like, um, the, the style of, of it is much more like traditional. It's much like slower. It's much more contemplative. Um, I haven't seen like a ton of Melville, but that's definitely like the vibe I've gotten from the stuff of his that I've seen. Um, and, and that stuff's really good, but also like, this is one of the most like well-trod genres. So re cause I've seen this like, I think two other times I was like, you know, everything's here and I don't dislike it, but also I'm like, I could use like a little something else. There needs to be a little spice on it. I'm used to the spice. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have a lot to it. Um, to the point where like the ending is so funny. And I don't know if this is mean, but it feels like a parody. Like, it feels like if the Simpsons were going to make a parody of a French New Wave ending, they'd just make this. The gun was empty. <laughs> he went to his death. Uh, yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> You're not wrong. Also, like, because of all the crime trappings, like, it's not, it's not dissimilar to, like, the Suzuki films we watch, right? Like, yes. you know. Tokyo Drifter and Ready to Kill are not categorically different than this film in a lot of ways. Uh, to the point where, like, you know, Ghost Dog rip Ghost Dog, the, this is like the end game. I really want Destiny to watch Ghost Dog, but I was like, we should watch The Samurai. We, we already watched Branded to Kill on our road to here. Uh, like, lifts heavily from that movie and this movie um, in a way that is uh, funny. And that, that movie rips. Like, that one's, like, one of the best of these to me. Yeah, I need to see it. I'm gonna watch it soon. Because, mm-hmm. um, like taking this out of like continental European bullshit and Jim Jarmusch making this about Forrest Whitaker just gives it better <laughs> flavor. Generally, mm-hmm. um, it just has such a different vibe. You know, like '99 is, is so far beyond this kind of movie, but before this wrap back around to being kind of in vogue among a certain type of director. Yes, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this movie feels like weirdly out of time. The wrong word because it's like very clearly a sixties French New Wave film. But you know, the the what's it the um the lineage of these movies are like French New Wave comes out of France taking like old slightly older Hollywood movies and then remixing them, and then afterwards 
uh, like new wave Hollywood directors steal from French New Wave and then, you know, it goes on yeah. and on and on. Uh, so like in the 70s, this kind of stuff becomes very American. And uh, so anytime he's inside as a man in the suit shot, I'm like, this is the most 70s movie ever. Because uh, yes. it's just like kind of it's brown true. and bleak and there's a guy in a suit. And then he walks out to like the most French 60s car possible. And it's like worlds colliding. <laughs> it feels wrong. Even though I know it's like just an artist of what it is, but because of the things that have been stolen and specifically built on other uh, eras of film, it's such a weird uh, time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Um, put me in the mind of uh, Drive, where it's just oh, sort yep. of all style and uh, very like I don't know what is the word I'm looking for, but it it just puts me in the mind of that film specifically. Yeah, where you kind of just wish there was a little more to go on than just the stylistic trappings. That's also a man defined by wearing a coat everywhere he goes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you think guys in '67 were all buying brown samurai coats? Light, light brown, you know like it. like really like khaki, like <laughs> yeah. even, whatever the whatever the color of that is, like trench coats, maybe. It's because yeah. he, he, sure. he even in the big group shots, like it really stands. Like this is an iconic jacket. <laughs> yes, Jeff Costello's iconic jacket. Jeff. Um, to the point where there's even like a whole thing where the the police guy makes people switch their clothes around, and the guy comes in and is like, "Well, that's definitely the guy," but he was wearing that coat and that hat and just points at the right things. <laughs> he does completely nail him, and the bit where they then like hold on that shot as everyone gives him his coat and the hat back is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like a striking look, but like also it, it's become such a look that it, it ends up feeling like, you know, you you see the like thing that started the the the, the trend or the trope, and it, you just it like ends up being a little dead to culture. But I mean, Alain Delon rare, wears that coat well; he looks great in this. He movie. looks great in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's never looked hotter. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just got a vibe that's like good. It's weird because like I watch this and I was like, you know, I've seen enough movies now that like this one doesn't blow me away like the first time I saw it. But also like that's only because it made a bunch of movies I love, um, and that's always a weird feeling mm-hmm. where you're like, you know, I see where this came from and I enjoy it and I understand why this is like a beloved film. If I saw this in '67, I'd lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> Absolutely, because uh, it's see it's cool. Like- Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Did you see they like redubbed it and released it in English under the name The Godson? Yes, I have not looked at the dub, but I know that exists. They were trying to capitalize on the success of The Godfather, and I just can't with that. Uh, I love it. That's so good. Movies used to be so fucking weird. You could do anything. (laughs) You could do anything. You could. The 70s were a fever dream. Um... I mean, you know, you look at this movie, you're like, oh, we could sell this. You could sell this to Americans. Absolutely, you could. Right? Like. 100%. We eat this shit up. Yeah. But it's weird, like, watching it now. It's like, I, like I'm like i hearing, like, I don't know how much I have to say about it. It's just good. <laughs> the guy's yeah. really in tune to his bird. Like, the, the fact that he discovers the surveillance in his room just by looking at the bird and being like, oh, bird's a little distressed. <laughs> And he knows that somebody's been in his apartment is so weird to me. Yeah. That's why, that's why he has the bird. That's why he has the bird. The uh, bird's no. in The Professional, I think. Okay. Leon, oh, The Professional. Yeah, I, think that's right. I think he's got a bird in that. Yeah. Which is I another movie that, movie that just lifts from this wholeheartedly. <laughs> what if in that one he comes across a young girl instead of that falls in love with a pianist? Uh, that that is the side of the movie that I am was like the least into, which is the like obligatory French New Wave. Uh, everything like all of the world is represented in my like tensions between women that are more icons than people. Yeah, and it's always like a woman who's like, oh, I I like to flirt with danger, but when push comes to shove, I'm not actually here to sign up for this. Actually, <laughs> which I'm smart, you know what? but I like danger. me too. That's why I watch Hannibal. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But it is like it is like the trope of these films. Uh, is very funny. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's it's just a part of these I'm not really into, and it just feels so cartoonishly like because this movie is so aesthetically in line with things that would follow that I really like. But that part often gets excised, at least from the stuff that I've 
watched uh maybe there are m- more movies i know i know that, that like continued through culture but not necessarily through the sad men and suits movies right um and so seeing it here was like this is just this is dragging this movie down uh, but i do understand that like i'm just it's just a trope in film that i'm kind of against um but I don't think there's like any moral ground for that because it's not like the movie about the sad man in suits is like any less problematic. Uh, it's clearly yeah. an aesthetic taste thing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I truly uh, understand the problem, but I also just really like how everybody looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I loved her coat. I loved her haircut. I loved all her outfits. I was, I love a stylish '60s lady. yeah um i guess i'm like i'm like i don't know how much we have to say it's just sometimes the movie just speaks for itself does I, anyone have anything or should we maybe go to questions see if that prompts anything we can go to questions because okay sometimes it does yeah um if you'd like to send emails about this movie movies recovering or any movie really or movies you've covered in the past you can do that at abnormal mapping podcast at gmail.com uh our first one is from rick uh elaine delon in this movie is one of the archetypes of a cool performance in film what off top of your head is your favorite cool character in cinema cool character in cinema cool character in cinema the first one, maybe my my first cool character love is George Clooney in From Dust Till Dawn. He's That's so a cool fucking, fucking, fucking cool dude. Movie. Oh, he's so cool. <laughs> Watching that movie, because I obviously came to it after, uh, but realizing that like, when that mo- movie came out, he wasn't yet like a movie star. <laughs> no, he had been on TV. Like, he was on... He- yeah, he was like the guy in ER. Like he was known, yep. but like you watch the movie, that's a goddamn movie star on the screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. in a way that is yeah. very rare. Like even by that time, right? Like the way celebrity and uh, movie stars had occurred was changing. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, God. Mine is also Tarantino adjacent because it's Samuel L. Jackson as Julius in Pulp Fiction. That is a cool fucking dude. Yeah, he's cool as shit. <laughs> Uh, I think my coolest Tarantino character is just Jackie Brown. So cool. <laughs> um, that's fair. Um, gosh, uh, yeah, this is uh, there's just like a ton of cool dudes in cinema. Um, I mean Orson Welles in the Third Man, that's a cool fucking dude. He's so evil, but he's so good at it. He's so cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, obviously. Um. Uh, Mifune and Yojimbo is fucking cool. Mifune and yeah. basically anything like, is fucking cool. Mifune that is, is a just, cool, is dude. Just cool, but Yojimbo yeah. is a real top one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My, one of my like modern and kind of like off kilter ones is um uh Charlie Theron and Young Adult. That's a cool character to me. The movie's about how she sucks and is a disaster, but that's what's cool. And she is living Miami <laughs> summer for years. <laughs> She is absolutely living. She's, she is making everyone else suffer for her Miami summer, and I approve. That's amazing. You can't have a 10 year Miami summer, Charlie Theron. You cannot. You cannot. <laughs> um, I, I know we already said Awesome Wells. Uh, uh, we have to give a special shout out to Awesome Wells and FFA, who is just the real Awesome Wells. <laughs> coolest yeah, guy. No, Awesome Wells, the man, yeah. is also the coolest character in all of cinema. <laughs> yep pretty cool are you cool than the real orson wells being like and then i'm just gonna be like make up a story with my hot wife about how uh picasso saw her dad one time yeah uh next email right mike writes in with the uh the trivia bit uh that is fun where originally um the movie's gonna end with jeff getting shot and then falling over smiling but apparently uh Elaine Delon had already used that at the ending of another movie, and uh, he was furious and, ma- and made him play it differently. That's amazing. Oh, we've Which ended too many of these French New Wave movies like this. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, Mike's question, do y'all have any favorite alternate movie endings that weren't used, if not any headcanon ones that you uh, like to think about and substitute? Um, if, that's any, if that's too hard on the spot, any deleted scenes that you have kicking around that you remember that should have been part of the movie? Uh... I'll go first. I guess my uh, classic answer for this is the alternate ending of Die Hard 3, 
Um, the alternate, we, we covered this in what what was that like a, a blockbusters like, yeah, so sorry it's on the patreon wall but the the alternating dart three so fucking good holy shit you'd never seen it D- before no dart three is uh, an incredible movie i love a lot but infamously the last 20 minutes is a piece of shit yeah uh, oh almost as if they just randomly cut to a new location for an ending that makes no fucking sense and i was like that they did they they had to reshoot the ending because the uh, original ending was just too good and the people were scared and correct yes there was the it, it never got shot. There was the like the script alternate ending to Terminator Salvation that was about oh, turning yes. John Connor into a Terminator and like just lying to everyone about it, which yeah. I I always thought was sick. They should have done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should have <laughs> done that in a better movie. Well, yes, there's that too. <laughs> the uh, one of the worst alternate endings that was actually filmed is the, uh, the alternate ending to Terminator Two, where it's fucking Sarah Connor like waiting in the park for her son senator john connor to show up as she like looks the kids on the swing set and is like we made the good future and it's fucking terrible you can find I it do. on him at the disc releases or whatever i think it's in the director's car yeah it's fucking bad because i know everyone you mostly like the director's cut more except the fact that like, i it don't doesn't end on the uh the only director's cut one I really like is the 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 shot of her pulling the thing out of the Terminator's head where they use Linda Hamilton's twin sister. In oh, like that a shot's cool great. Shot. Yeah. yeah, that's the only shot that's worth keeping and out of that director's cut to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the one I think of. Fair enough. Yeah, Destiny. Do you have an answer? I don't really have one. Um, I have a soft spot for the original twin peaks pilot ending oh we can't talk about that jackson's here <laughs> yeah we can't talk about it but uh that's the only thing that really came God, to that's mind. fucking weird that's fucking weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is weird i don't know i don't know why they thought that was but it, it's interesting yeah. um uh space drake writes in uh bringing up uh hey ghost dog way of the samurai <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't very worry. similar and very good uh, if any of you've seen it, what are your thoughts on how you think it compares? I think it's great. One of the best of these. I'm going to get these two to watch that fucking movie. We probably won't cover it because I don't think we'd have anything to say. But um, <laughs> We haven't had anything to say about the Samurai. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but, yeah. it's good. I'm going to watch it very soon. Um, Aiden writes in, what film title will be most enhanced by adding Le to the start? Either in terms of making it sound French or making it sound like a meme from 2010. So, Le Samurai is already funny, but it's a classic French title this French film, right? So I didn't. I don't think of it as weird. But then the movie begins, and then on screen it, it comes up and says "Le Bushido," and I lose my shit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Le Bushido. <laughs> I think. I think my answer is L apostrophe Interstellar. Interstellar. <laughs> that's not how even that would work. But that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, Interstellar is a comedy about grim men in suits to me. I I love Interstellar. It's mostly because of Matt Damon's turn. I know that's like not a liked movie, but anytime I can plug Interstellar, I think it has the funniest punchline halfway into a like three hour movie that could possibly exist. I think the fact that it like came that out too. so early in like when we were doing this, because I remember not liking Interstellar in cinema because I was mm-hmm. you know very serious and it was 2014. I you know three years later I'm with you there laughing at the. Uh, <laughs> Matt David stuff because it's so funny. The movie's like so grim. It takes it spends an hour. It's a little spoilers, I guess, for Interstellar, but it spends an hour setting up. We need to go find the the hero, the fucking best man that's ever lived, and he's off in space trying to solve this problem already. He's like got a big dick. He's an astronaut. We're going, <laughs> and they go at great personal cost as Earth is dying, and they find him, and he's a sniveling coward who tries to murder the main hero, and like apologizes as he's murdering him. He's like, I'm so sorry. I have to, I have to look, just don't. I don't want to look at you. It's too hard. I, I fucking you're gonna die. But look, Look, you, you had to. I'm sorry. It's so fucking good. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Le Boogie Nights. <laughs> that, that is absolutely a, a great answer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't top that. Cannot top that. Oh, uh, Adam writes in, I was really struck by the oppressive series of gray boxes, mostly without exterior windows. That was the police station in the samurai. What is your favorite police station from a movie? 
Oh fuck! I feel like we should have loads of answers for this, but but I don't have any. My my mind. answer is cheating, but it's it's uh, the the police station from uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen, which is fucking sick. Great movie. The, God, that's a movie. Damn, that's a movie. <laughs> I like the rundown one in a uh, police story. That's a good one. Yeah, that was good. Um. Oh, the specifically the one in the sticks that he moves to. That's like just like a bank of telephones. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in Rebel Without a Cause, the opening scene takes place in one that has just this big glass window, and you can like see what's. I don't know. It's just it's good. Hmm. Ah, uh, we have a question from Alex. Uh, a couple questions. One: Have you ever put on gloves ominously at someone? No, I have not. I'm not really a big glove wearer, I'll be honest. Only in the winter for me. Only in the winter. Maybe someone knows. Maybe someone knows more about gloves than me. If you're listening to this, do when people put on gloves in movies, are they like custom made to fit their hands? Because everyone wears gloves so much nicer than when I put on like my gloves to drive or whatever. Like, and I bought relatively nice gloves, but the fingers still are like just don't fit in the way that movie gloves fit. <laughs> I mean, probably, right? Like because everyone, if, if you're in a movie of any kind of like decent budget, they are all the clothes are tailored. Cause... Yeah, they're all custom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I need to figure out how affordable tailored gloves are, so I can have cool gloves. Ta- tailored gloves, totally a thing. You can totally go get some fitted gloves. So I assume yeah. movies are probably doing them. Not everyone, should... not cheap movies, but yeah, you can do that. I should treat myself to fitted gloves. Be even more like a potential murderer. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite noir film my favorite noir film favorite oh, noir good film. question the postman always rings twice oh no 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 touch of you no the lady from shanghai lady from shanghai is yours touch of evil is probably either it's either touch of evil or double indemnity or mine I love both those movies. Both, I've seen both those. Those are good. I haven't seen Lady from Shanghai, though, which I bet I would love. Ladies from Shanghai is really good. I, you would like oh, it also. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I need to I need to watch the other uh, Orson Welles movies I haven't seen. Because I haven't seen The Trial. I haven't seen Chimes at Midnight. You know, there's there's stuff there. Mm-hmm. I should just rip the bandaid off and be sad about it. Yep. Um, damn. Um, any modern noir that anyone particularly likes? Blood Simple. Blood Simple's really good. I think um, I'm the only person that likes Brick. I think Brick is fine. I feel like people oversell Brick. Like, I, I watched Brick when it came out, and I thought it was really good. But it's, like, reputation, I feel like, hurts the movie in a lot of ways. Okay. I just, I didn't know of his reputation. I, I was I, th- I was like I have a noir movie but then I'm like wait that's just a western to me like neo westerns and neo noir have this huge overlap space uh the movie I was gonna shout I'm gonna shout out anyway because it's really good is uh the proposition um it's uh, an Australian movie uh directed by John Hillcoat and it's written by Nick Cave the musician and it stars Guy Pearce and Ray Winstone Ray Winstone and it's fucking good it's just a movie about dirty sweaty men who want to kill each other in Australia and it's fantastic fantastic it does sound good. What was that? What was that? What's that? Um, what's that Ben Wheatley movie about the the couple who murder? I would consider that a noir Sight- film. Sightseers. Sightseers. Sightseers is really fucking good. You calling Sightseers yeah, noir great. movie is so funny. <laughs> is it? It is. I understand the argument, but like aesthetically, <laughs> it's a it's movie not, about yeah. guys in jumpers talking about their like <laughs> pasta while they kill people. Yeah, In Bruges is also a great uh, noir film. In Bruges is fucking oh. good. That movie's oh, shouting up the guard so once again. Someone is eventually going to watch the guard. Someone actually did watch the guard because they kept talking it up. So more people watch the guard, please. <laughs> love, 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 love a man in suit being a mess. Yep. Um. Do uh, this. I'm going to change this question a little bit. If you were going to have a giant key ring for that unlocked or opened one thing, what would the thing be that you wanted to open up? What? Wait. He has that key ring that like fits that one particular model of car in this movie. Yeah, no, I know, but so so it can open any lock, right? But 
How specific? It's a, it, like it's yeah, it's a key. It's a key ring that could offer like it could open one genre of thing. My answer is going to be drink dispense like machines, like vending machines for drinks specifically. So you can always you can, if you, <laughs> every drink machine you could just open up. Yes. I mean, wouldn't I just have to choose like? I mean, I only have the key, right? So if I had like a bank thing. There'd be too many other systems in place. I'd just get caught. Yeah, you'd have to go to the bank. Yeah, yeah. You can have an ATM key. I would. I would accept that. Yeah, but like, I feel like the heat's too high on that. But that's you know, what you I'm gonna do what say. You want. That's pretty hot for like. Because if I can yeah. steal money, then I can buy the drink. That's but true. If if stealing the money is too hard, then you know, I guess the other is just like cars. Then yeah, the the examples given here were cars, elevators, laundromats, etc. Um. Because if I could have like the uh, keyring that opened every Mercedes, I could just drive off with anyone's Mercedes and like fence them. The um the <laughs> child me would have answered the like the the glass partitions where they keep all the video games at the store, which I think is like a totally valid answer <laughs> when you're ten. <laughs> yeah, when you're ten. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. keyring um, that opens everyone's locked account. <laughs> <laughs> God, yes. that's the nightmare key. Oh no! <laughs> that's why they had to kill the <laughs> uh, the guy with the keys in the Matrix. He was like, unlock him on the couch. So, if you un- does that open it for every? Does it unlock it, or does it no? Just, like, just you me, see just me, just me. I can Ooh. reveal any tweet. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that knowledge. I think that would drive me crazy. I think that that's like looking into like the, like the vortex and coming out like mad. I can't do that. <laughs> You're out of your, you wouldn't take the power? Like, I guess it's, it is. No, it's no, evil. no, no. It would haunt me forever. I, I think what I would do is I would get it. But it's, not, I, it's not that it's unethical. It's that I would go crazy with the knowledge. <laughs> I think that what I'd have to do. First of all, I have to delete my own, like, locked account. I have to get, I, ha, I have to remove my, because if I used it for, like, petty gossip and friend shit, I'm going mad. So what I have to do is, this, like. This is, you are orchestrating the I'm too good of a hitman. I have to go to a convent for <laughs> online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's a way to use this power for good because then you can like find the locked accounts of like famous people and reveal shit or you know you can find some bad stuff and expose it this way but you have to know mm-hmm. where to look because uh-huh, otherwise uh-huh uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes and nothing okay we have our final questions are from tron who's your favorite character in this movie the cop the, the police guy yeah, absolutely guy. yeah no that was easy um any favorite looking shots mine is definitely when he opens that window and you're like oh it's like sh- it's like a shitty morning like the worst morning uh i like the shot where he jumps over the side of the walking runway and then like runs on the bit that's moving the same direction <laughs> one of the stupidest tactical decisions anyone ever made. it works out for him but like you're it's already moving you can just run on the walkway dude yes yeah, when he's in the bus station, I laugh like to myself when he pauses and he's like, "Can I get out of the bus?" And then he like pulls the doors open and just runs out. It's so goofy. Uh yeah. Ah, uh, ba 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 ba. Let's see. Hmm. Here's the thing about movie. What this movie's saying about samurai that I'm like, look. The thing that happened is that uh, even in France, uh, things that are Japanese are just cool. They're imbued with a cultural coolness, and that's really it. Exactly. That's all it is. Yeah, the, the, that's all there. That's yeah. going on. This is not yep. a movie about samurai. Not at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's barely even about like the filmic idea of samurai in the uh, 19th, uh, 20th century. Um, yeah, weebs are just eternal. That's really the thing. Yes. <laughs> ever, ever since, ever since Europe discovered there were people living in Japan, they've been fucking weird about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just history. Uh, one of the one of the bleakest weeb facts of all time is that Kyoto was like uh, not included on the list of targets uh, for the Manhattan Project because one of the guys had holidayed there and thought it was too cool to bomb. Uh, so wow yeah even in the manhattan yeah absolutely so the history here it's not pretty because of america uh yeah uh anyway that's it uh if you'd like to send questions you can do that at abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com next time we are watching the life of brian which i've never seen but we want to get away from these serious ass movies and watch something dumb and uh i suggest that one so 
With all the guys talking like this because they're in Monty Python. Yeah, I've I've seen Holy Grail obviously like twenty times. times. I've never seen yeah. Brian. <laughs> I've seen both, but I've, I've seen, seen Holy Grail more. Few times. Ditto. Um, so it should be fun. I don't know. We'll have a good time. Always um, look on the bright side of life. It's ninety-four minutes. This uh, the samurai also short felt long to me. It's it felt every... so long to me. Yeah, I mean that's because it, it like every shot takes forever. Like nothing happens and it goes on forever. Yeah, uh, even though it's pretty fairly short, like it, it is just a look at this building for five minutes movie. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Plugs, Destiny. At Fridge Buzz now on the internet, and then my other podcast, Badland Girls, can be found at abnormalmapping.com slash Badland Girls. Uh, you can find me at headfallsoff at twitter.com, and you can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Go listen to them, there's a bunch of cool ones. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, and you can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash normapping. We have a bunch of great podcasts. Um, Blockbusters is probably the one I'd advertise here. It's $5 a month. We watch a movie. We watch Tron Legacy just a week and a half ago or so. Um, what are we doing next? Zero Dark Thirty. That's going to be a fucking adventure. <laughs> yeah, we're doing um, Zero Dark Thirty next. Oh. Um, that's, that's a good podcast. Uh, if you are interested in listening to us guest on another podcast, we were on uh, Monday, the, what was that? The, oh, sorry, Tuesday, the 10th episode of Waypoint Radio, um, which I thought was good. We talked about the crossword and stuff. It was just exciting to be on such a big podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, check it out. I assume everyone knows. Jackson every time is like, everyone knows. And I'm like, I'm going to keep plugging it because I'm happy about it i'm rarely so thrilled by being on a big thing because we don't get asked to do shit <laughs> yes no i mean i'm happy about it as well i was never saying we shouldn't take joy in what we've done mm-hmm. it was great yeah um so that's it uh until next time movies now more than ever do not expect to like it <laughs>